for a couple weeks. Alright, can you hear me now? Let's... Okay. Well, he can so hear me. The audio is wonky. Alright, is this a little better? So now you should be able to talk. Let me... I can talk. Yes, you can. Let me see. Uh, Are you guys able to hear me at all? Capricious? Furious? Good. Audio is working-ish. There we oh. go. We hear both. Excellent. Um, apologies. Right. Apparently, uh, OBS, which is the program to use for streaming, um, decided to basically blow up everything in all my original settings. So... Um, my apologies for that, guys. Every single episode is a learning episode. <laughs> Jesus, man. I mean, definitely not. We're definitely amateurs. Um, so so <laughs> let me get started and say uh, thanks to Rob for, uh, from Cyberpunk Uncensored. He was able to send me a new key, which apparently OBS decided to destroy for me. Um, also, we kind of, just to catch you guys up, we just started talking about, like, a couple things that are happening for, for us, right? So today I was, I pushed out um, some code for a new Vendit generator and a Bodega generator for Cyberpunk Red on my site. Um, and if you want to repeat yourself again, Wisdom, on what you have going... Sure. Uh, well, kids, I've, I've got a couple of campaigns going um, and a couple of source books in the works. Uh, future updates for Data Fortress 2020. Uh, nothing concrete as of yet, but I am I am typing away. It is working. Uh, one of them is the long-awaited Glass Road source book. And then I've got a Nomad, some high espionage stuff coming, and uh, hopefully at some point some updates to the district guide. So, yep. there we go. Oh, so you're expanding the Night City district guide for 2020? Yeah, it, it's that was always the plan, and, and um, I put out the uh, I put out the combat zone first. Um, and then the plan was always to follow that up with other districts, but then the, you know, the heart problems and the double bypass and the, the back problems. And suddenly I couldn't sit in front of a computer for a while. Uh, well, that's interesting. Cause I'm using some of those districts. Um, yeah. My own um, campaign. Anybody who is using those, uh, districts uh if they've got anything interesting that they want to see uh maybe get shared in the final product i'm i'm more than happy to to look at what you got send it to me cool um data fortress 2020 you can find my email address there if you don't want to mess with that it's just wisdom 000 at gmail.com awesome yeah so uh 
I think this is the first episode we really don't have a particular topic uh, selected. Um, I think we're going to start working on kind of like scheduling these out a little better for us. Uh, again, complete amateurs. Um, so I think what I wanted to start off with is like um, what we're going to do is uh, basically give each of you, we each are going to give our, our top three cyberpunk movies um, that we feel that people definitely should be watching. So I don't know if you want to kick us off, Wisdom. Well, here's the deal. Are we going to talk just about like live action Western movies or are we going to talk about anime? Because Jesus Christ, this list is huge. So yeah. for now, now I think I'll just to start us off with at least, I think I'll leave it to my straight Western live action. Right. So, so um, we're, we're talking about movies. We're going to eliminate TV series. OK, so it has to be a, a featured movie. Um, and again, the movie could be an anime. Because one of my top three is an anime. Um, yeah, I'm going to stick to live action because for me, anime is an entirely different. That's an entirely different animal. But uh, here we go. Number one is, of course, Blade Runner. Um, seminal, like it's the movie that started off the whole genre. Um, it's my favorite movie of all time it's it's just the perfect representation of the visual for cyberpunk that exists it's it's what defined it uh the other two movies in my list i mean here's the deal blade runner was a huge hollywood ridley scott uh harrison ford rutger howard daryl hannah like Brian James. It, it was a huge movie with a giant, with a good, with a with a full budget and all that. Yep. My next two choices are both low budget uh, movies that a lot of people haven't seen. Uh, the my my the the most rewatchable movie in my cyberpunk collection is Nemesis uh, by Albert Pune. It stars Oliver Grunier. Um, again, with Byron James or Brian James. And uh, Tim Thomerson. Um, it is more of an action movie, but it is so perfectly representative of Cyberpunk 2020 that it almost hurts. Uh, I saw it originally in the 90s, in the early 90s. Uh, I was working at a haunted house at the time, and I came home from work. Uh, there was a 24-hour grocery store that had a little video section, and I rented it from there. And man, I was just utterly blown away with how fantastic Nemesis was. It was the first Western movie to use, to like copy the John Woo two gun blah, 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 uh, style of, of action. Um, it's been like scenes from it have been copied in countless other movies uh, where they blow through the walls or where he shoots around himself in the circle and yep. like falls through the floor. Um, it all came from that movie as unrealistic as it might be. I was at the time, it was just super stylish and badass. And my last choice is a movie that doesn't star anybody. Anybody's ever heard of. Uh, I never see it get added to anybody's lists. But for me, the movie Circuitry Man is just 
it's it, it is again another perfect representation of cyberpunk 2020 i mean everybody's got everybody in the movie has interface plugs they go from one city uh then they stretch across the wasteland to another city it's it spends most of its time in the wasteland i would assume because of budget issues but it's a it's a good solid movie uh especially in the cyberpunk vein now it's uh, yeah these are cheap low budget uh franchises but it's good stuff they did make a sequel to circuitry man and they made sequels to nemesis best to avoid those at all costs i i would not recommend the sequels to either movie at all um but taken by themselves they're they're my favorite cyberpunk movies right so so my top three and it's pretty much almost on par with yours except only the last choice so like i totally agree with with blade runner the the look and feel and the just the high tech um really the grittiness i think really brings it home you know um it definitely looks like a world that's been ravaged by you know pollution and, and eco destruction <laughs> um and just the 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 basically it, it kind of looks like you know the downtrod of humanity um nemesis, yeah. yeah so nemesis definitely liked it um don't want to give too many spoilers on it but basically uh that has compared to blade runner nemesis was kind of the super action right of, of cyberpunk and blade runner kind of more geared towards like you know bioware and, and <laughs> bio t uh, technology versus nemesis which was kind of the hardware and the chrome right um and those who haven't seen it there's characters in there with you know cyber arms cyber legs um i'm not going to say that they're they're full borgs but you know they do run the gamut of androids I mean, they kind of are yeah <laughs> although 96.5 percent is still human yeah but you know you have um you also have androids in that, um, which, you know, is one of those borderlines, whether or not it's cyberpunk, right? So, like, aliens I mean, are considered cyberpunk. It, it's, it's the, the androids in Nemesis are, are comparable to the replicants in Blade Runner. I mean, if, yeah, if true. it's, it's about the same thing. Um, and then the third movie that's like my all time favorite uh is actually johnny mnemonic um i love that movie <laughs> and to me it, it, it screams like definitely uh cyberpunk in that where blade runner just showed the gritty streets you know um nemesis was kind of the action-packed you know solo adventure um johnny mnemonic was that cross between the corporate world and you know the the, the streets right um yeah and just some of the characters in it were just to me were great um and it kind of it kind of almost had almost all the tropes of except for like you know media and um rocker boy but it did have a lot of the the other tropes in there which yeah anytime you can 
Go ahead. I'm sorry. Which I kind of like, because then you could actually see, okay, yes, this guy's definitely a net runner. This is a solo. This is a fixer. This is a corporate, right? Um, yeah. And just seeing that played out definitely gives some inspiration. Yeah, I mean, anytime you can watch a movie and, like, be able to, like, pull it apart and say, well, this is where the inspiration for this came from or you know this is a perfect representation of this aspect of you know whatever like like we've said many times this whole channel uh this whole podcast is basically comes from the view of two guys who are playing cyberpunk 2020 so if we talk about a movie it's how it relates to cyberpunk 2020 and johnny mnemonic it relates yeah it's it's got it so um, what three movies do you think or that you can think of that aren't necessarily would be classified as cyberpunk, but definitely could be used as like inspiration? And, and what I mean by that, and I'll, I'll give ooh. you my three, right? Go ahead. So, number one is Warriors, right? Oh, oh you stole my idea. That was, <laughs> yeah. Because that's not, I mean... At the time, it's, it's not considered cyberpunk, but yeah. here's the deal. Right at the start of the movie, they talk about in the near future. Yes. Like, it's 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 a science fiction movie. And to me, I definitely... There's just a lot of science to it. Yeah, and, I, and you see some of that in the Night City... Um, uh, the Night City guide, right? And that you have... Uh, yeah. Uh, the main guys, right? Or that main gang is kind of what is it this the savage hearts I well i mean all name? the things that they presented in cyberpunk and and consequently when i did the the combat zone district guide like all the gangs and all the gangs in my cyberpunk game like they're based on movies like the warriors and the last dragon and all these like really stylistic uh street gangs um I was actually disappointed when I moved to Kansas City because uh, I had taught, like, I, I lived in, like, Alaska and, like, rural areas of Oklahoma and then and stuff like that. And I, I had never seen a real street gang. And I moved to Kansas City thinking the gangs are going to be, like, you know, the Warriors. Yeah. Uh, these colorful, crazy dudes who, you know, maybe threw out some kung fu every now and then. And imagine my disappointment when real life street gangs were just some dirty thugs yeah. like oh yeah okay mm -hmm. um another movie and i don't think you can really i i'm not sure if it'll be available anywhere but it's and again the problem is not necessarily that it was low budget but it was actually an hbo movie it was called weapons of mass distraction um i don't know if you've ever heard I of saw it that years ago yeah. and i Oh my God! I, I had forgotten that existed until you mentioned it just now. Holy crap! But to me, that was definitely a, a corporate, kind of a corporate campaign, right? So, so for those who yeah. who can't see it and will probably never be able to see it, because again, I, I think it's lost in the annals of time. Whether HBO releases it again, I've seen it on any streaming service. I've yeah. never seen it in any video stores. I saw it on HBO. Yep. Decades ago. <laughs> so the main premise of the movie is these are two CEOs. Uh, 
each own like these mega media corporations. So think of like Disney Corp versus I don't know um, wh whoever their rival is, like Paramount or or, or, or whatever, right? So these two corp CEOs are looking to basically own a local football game or football team um, because that football team is coming up for bid and both of them want it and they start using their media corporations to basically destroy and I mean really destroy each other through you know through services or, or through new, the news and rumors and basically it came down to you know both of them are like yeah you know what both of us can really really you know, fuck each other over and we will basically destroy each other so let's call it a truce and and uh, basically buy the team jointly and of course you know the other guy was like yeah you're right because i'm about to have a heart attack from the information you know you got on me um but it's it's if you throw in like solo teams um and like net running uh incursions and, and things like that you could definitely make a, a great campaign out of that and that was always like one of my um yes uh, weapons of mass distraction it's interesting because <laughs> it's like a late 90s movie that like reality TV was just starting to get a foothold at the time. I mean, I think it, I, I think back then all we had were uh, roll, uh, road, uh, real world and road rules um, yeah. on MTV, and that was the high. That was that was the end all be all of reality TV. But this movie, like, really dug into that idea, and um, yeah, it it it, it was interesting. Yeah, and my third one i would say is sneakers um oh my god i love sneakers so much so that was with uh, robert redford and another all-star and Aykroyd. yep uh sydney poitier phoenix uh, uh was it the phoenix river phoenix yep um, um a very early appearance from john malkovich yep so that it's, movie uh, was basically about um Kind of an independent investigation team um but they kind if, you, of, if you've ever seen the i'm sorry go ahead but they kind of did some wet work in a way not necessarily killed anybody but they they would infiltrate and, and do things kind of like a a cyberpunk team would t in the game right yeah if you've ever seen the tv show leverage uh where it's a bunch of uh, at the start of the show it was just a bunch of thieves who hire themselves out to corporations to test their security that's the basic premise of, of where hackers starts for sneakers i'm sorry sneakers um but yeah i i really love the the details in that movie and that's probably a, a movie to rewatch to get some gadget ideas Oh man, it's 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 one of those quintessential like cyberpunk must you must see it even if it doesn't have even if it's not near future even if it's not you know full of like high tech stuff and flying cars it is it is must see I agree with you one hundred percent now I have to think of that's two movies that you 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Snaked out from under me. Um. All right, so my three non-cyberpunk cyberpunk movies. All right. Since I can't use Warriors, number one is Streets of Fire by Robert Hill, starring Michael Pere. Uh, early appearances from Bill Paxton well, and Defoe. Defoe. Yep. Yeah. It is... I know it's a favorite of Mike Pondsmith's, uh, and it is the absolute archetypical cyberpunk group. You've got your fixer, you've got your solo, you've got your techie, you've got your uh, nomad solo mix. I mean... Uh, You've got your like this movie is is where the prototype for the whole rocker class came from with Ellen Aim. Uh, it is almost a paint by numbers representation of what a cyberpunk group can look like, um, as well as how a cyberpunk game plays out. Like Ellen Aim gets kidnapped, uh, played by the lovely Diane Lane. Um, I'm I'm probably getting that wrong. It's... <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Uh, Streets to Fire. Fantastic, fantastic soundtrack. Um, it's funny. The yeah, soundtrack for Streets of Fire, in fact, the whole movie, uh, inspired so many anime series, especially, especially uh, Bubblegum Crisis. Like the music in Bubblegum Crisis and the music in Streets of Fire are interchangeable. You can play one over the other, and like nobody will know any difference. Uh, the only difference you'll notice is that one of them speaking Japanese and one of them speaking English. Um, number two, took sneakers, man. Um, Casablanca. I mean, it's it's a classic for a reason. It is the ultimate ultimate noir film. Which uh, it's Humphrey Bogart at it at his absolute finest. Lauren Bacall. It it oozes style like it was like. No. Yeah, it it just oozes style. Uh, yeah. If I, you haven't seen, go ahead. I, I've. It's just hard for me. I don't know if it's just a age discrimination against older movies like those um, to kind of see them as... I mean, granted, they are definitely pieces of art. I'm not going to debate that. But um, one thing I've always had problems with is, is a bit of the language they use, which is very yeah. 1950s which oftentimes I have, I think, a hard time getting my head around that. I, I, I love slang. So, and, uh, and slang through the ages. Uh, I actually pepper my, my games and my personal speech with like a lot of heavy 70s and 80s slang just because I think it sounds cool. But uh Yeah. No, I, I love Casablanca. I love the sound. I love the style. Um, I spent a lot of time growing up in the in the 
on military bases and whatnot uh didn't make a whole lot of new friends very quickly so it was a lot of watching television during the day in the 70s and 80s so i, I got to yep. see a wide variety of stuff um third cyberpunk movie that's not cyberpunk i'm gonna have to say reservoir dogs um quentin tarantino's first uh first directed uh his directorial debut um he had had some movies he'd written come out earlier uh most notably true romance which is would comes in a close second but uh for me reservoir dogs is again it oozes style and style is everything style over substance baby yep yeah so i i think some people have mentioned uh blade runner 2049 definitely is a great movie we're not saying that oh, yeah. not great movies oh there's um, there's a there's a list of runners up going around the block for cyberpunk movies uh, yeah um i think I can, both of us about all of them. have lists on our sites uh, where we kind of mention, you know, various cyberpunk movies to, to to go and watch. Same with Escape from L.A. and New York. I mean, Escape from New York yeah. was was definitely a Kurt great movie. Was the coolest motherfucker on the planet, and any movie he's in is cooler by definition. Most definitely. So we're, we're not saying that these aren't valid movies or, or great movies. But yeah, those those movies you definitely want to sit down and take a watch. Um, and again, you know, there's definitely some movies I think that probably haven't stood the test of time. Um, Nemesis is close, but I actually recently watched it and I'm like, yeah, I, it's definitely has some dated. It still holds up for me. I mean, yeah, I, I that maybe isn't the best, I, I but. Know. To me, it was just, um, I think it's it was... Part of the charm for yeah. me. Yeah, and I think that was like the first movie that really showed cybernetics and having um, a cybernetic hero, right? Yeah, I don't necessarily like the way they portrayed the cybernetics for everybody. Um, it was a little too close to Terminator. But it was really cool seeing it on the screen and seeing you know that portrayed as as a thing uh the only other movie that even came close to showing cybernetics at the time was hardware yeah and uh really that just came down to one dude had a cybernetic arm and they basically fought a terminator ripoff um and don't get me wrong hardware is a fantastically fun movie uh it was one of those many that are in the runner-up yeah. uh, category. Yeah, Furious George um, Dread was my fourth. <laughs> yeah, Seven Dread movies. is Dread is a is is came out of nowhere. Um, I don't think anybody was expecting for it to be as good as it was, especially after the Stallone flick, which actually. It's not anywhere near as bad as the Stallone flick isn't as bad as people make it out to be. Uh, is it is it great? No. The idea that Judge Dredd would take off his helmet doesn't work for me in any in any fashion. In since the 
he would, the character was created in the comic. You've never seen him without his helmet on. Uh, but beyond that, it was it was a pretty good movie. Dread surpasses it in every way, though. Yeah, Capricious Nature. Oh, it was I, good. I haven't seen Upgrade yet. Um, I know what it's about, and I've kind of seen little bits and pieces of it, but I've never actually sat down and actually watched it. It's a... Uh... It's a good movie. Um, all the. It, it's a good movie. Lot if you like ultra violence, it will appeal to you. The scene where he makes the dude bite down on the on the knife, uh, and if you've seen the movie, you know exactly which scene I'm talking about. That alone is worth the price of admission. Um, if you like ultra violence, if you don't, it'll you'll turn your head, but. Uh, it's a, it, it came out, it's along the lines of uh, Hardcore Henry, where it, it's cyberpunk, and it, you can watch it once or twice, and it's a good, it's a good solid ride. Um, I don't think it's going to hold up uh, as a classic. Um, I don't know why, that's just the feeling I get from it. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't hit me with that same vibe it's a good movie i very much enjoyed it um it would not make it to my top 10 right um have you actually taken any of the plots of any of the movies you've watched and actually turned them into games not cyberpunk movies however uh, I have taken the plots of movies of many movies and just straight s stolen them. Um, a lot of Philip Marlowe, uh, a lot noir films, especially, um, the big sleep. I turned that into a cyberpunk game. I, I ran a detective game, which basically every single arc in that game was based on one movie or another. Um, Usually, like, just straight up stealing the plots of uh, old noir crime thrillers. Um, one of the first Nomad campaigns I ever ran uh, was pretty heavily, I, I pretty heavily ripped off Star Wars. Or The Hidden Fortress. It was actually closer to The Hidden Fortress than Star Wars, but tomato, tomato. Yeah, I'm taken bits and pieces of like various scenes from movies um oh, yeah. and, and then put them in my my games but i've never really set out to actually plot out or, or or take a plot of a movie except like i said i've always wanted to do the uh weapons of mass distraction distraction and just never <laughs> never got around to doing it right like that would be like uh wns versus uh dms or uh uh, Network 54. If you want a, a good cyberpunk corporate reference, uh, there was a series that uh, was called... Uh, I think it was just called Corporation. Um, it didn't start... Yeah, it was, it was straight cyberpunk, but yeah. from the viewpoint of... of corporates and it was produced by a 
Matt Damon. Um, like he wasn't in it at all. He just produced it, but it was. Yeah, I think the TV series was incorporated. Incorporated. That's the name of it. It was fan bloody tastic. Yeah. And it only got one season. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to talk about TV series, yes, Incorporated okay. was definitely one of my top three uh, when it comes yeah. to TV series. Um, oh, no, I called it first. You got to <laughs> I got to come up with my own. All right. So fine. Uh, Max Hedrum would be uh, my next uh, my number next number one, as it were. Um, I mean, yeah. And, and with Max Hedrum, you can actually see that influence in Cyberpunk 2077. Um, oh, yeah. When, when you have the, the news report in the beginning and you see somebody out in the junkyard with a TV or even going around the city seeing everybody just glued to televisions out in the open. In, in, in my humble opinion, it is the second best representation of a Cyberpunk media there ever was. I, I love Max Hadrian. So, what's your next uh, TV uh, cyberpunk series? There was a Total Recall television series. Yeah, um, Showtime, it, it, I think it, it was. Yeah, it ran on Showtime very briefly late, no, early 2000s. Um, it was a blink and you miss it series, but man, it was cool. It was better than it was to me. It was better than the movie. Uh, it was before the Colin Farrell movie, um, by like a decade, but it was better than the original movie. Just style alone. Uh, the Schwarzenegger film is fun, but it was kind of goofy. Um, and while the TV show didn't have the budget of all that, it was still really cool. Okay. My next one uh, is actually going a little ways back, and it was more of a miniseries than actually a full TV series, and that was Tech Wars. Um, the, the William Shatner property. Yes. <laughs> That's uh, It was definitely a really campy, but... The one thing I liked about it was they actually showed poser gangs. Um, yeah, I've got background. a love-hate relationship with that show. Um, so that was mine. And to me, it just definitely has... It could have gotten a little grittier, I think. But um, I, I found it... A good represent, especially a good early representation of cyberpunk in uh, TV. Yeah. Um, all right, I'm not going to go with the obvious choice of like uh, altered carbon um, because, like I said, that's a little too uh, obvious. It's I would have it's to argue beautiful, that beautiful series. it is a beautiful series, but is Alter Carbon technically cyberpunk or is it sci-fi? Because it it's, does it's, have it's aliens out there. Yeah, it's 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 got faster than light travel and instantaneous like mind transference across the galaxy. It's it's a little bit far uh, 
far future for for a typical cyberpunk. So what I'm going to say is, and it wasn't really my number two. It wasn't really a cyberpunk series. Uh, it just had cyberpunk elements to it, and it was called Highwayman. And basically, it's a post. It's more of a post-apocalypse thing, and it's like a. It's like about these dudes who drive around in these really futuristic trucks and the trucks are what stick in my mind because one of the trucks it turns into a helicopter it i really fucking enjoyed it as a 12 year old i haven't seen it since but man it stuck with me uh i don't know where you could possibly find it i don't know maybe on youtube somewhere um i haven't tried to find it personally because i think if i do like those rose-colored glasses, rose-tinted glasses are going to get ripped off, and I'll see it for how awful it actually was. But in my mind, it was a badass. All right, my third and last one, and it's not because I, I adore the the actress, but um, Dark Angel with uh, oh, Jessica man, Alba. Oh man, so good. She was so so attractive. Just to see, you know, a corp, well, semi-corporate, semi-high government um, strike team, that person going rogue and having, you know, being augmented. And then the whole environment of what became of what became of like Seattle after an EMP. Right. And just seeing that society is trying to build up even though there's that high tech, there's still that really low life environment in, in the, in the whole thing. And it also oh, yeah. is great inspiration for like, uh, coming up with, um, cyberpunk scenarios. Uh, for me, my number three is, uh, another James Cameron based property. Um, this, Sarah Connor, uh, Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Um, man, was it good. And it was better than any of the movies that came out after two. Uh, and it was a direct sequel to two. Right. Unfortunately, it died a very premature death. Uh, it was, it was, it had a superb cast, including, uh, Summer Glau, as a female like terminator and she's just this tiny thing but she pulled it off yeah i was able to catch a couple um, episodes of it. it it really it really should have gone a lot further than it did it got canceled because they released that god-awful christian bale terminator movie oh man yeah i was not a fan Right. Um, so I think we also mentioned some things like anime. You want to give your top three anime? Oh. All right. This is, again, I've got a list of anime that goes around the block. But the number one is the Bubblegum Crisis franchise, uh, including AD Police Files and Parasite Dolls. Bubblegum Crash, even the 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 remake, the the second TV series, uh, Bubblegum Crisis twenty forty, 
and then the 80 police that came with that. But Bubblegum Crisis is as good as it gets. Uh, my number two is Appleseed. Appleseed is what got me into manga and anime as a whole. It is my favorite manga of all time. They made several films based on Appleseed. Only one of them, an Oba, in the 80s was like hand-drawn animation. Everything else has been CGI. But it's been top-quality CGI every time. Um, and then my last would be uh, Cyber City Odeo. Dun, dun, dun. Wow. Uh, I'm so I'm surprised you didn't snab uh, Ghost in the Shell and all its properties. You know... Like I said, list goes around the block, but I prefer Appleseed to Ghost in the Shell. Um, I don't know, man. That, them fighting words for me. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's. I loved the Ghost in the Shell manga, and when the the original movie came out, I was a big fan of it. But honestly, I, this is going to get me in a lot of trouble with people. But I think Mamoru Oshii and most of his movies are pretty damn boring. Uh, I don't think he knows how to pace a movie. He's got one of the finest animation studios on the planet working for him. And when there is movement, when there is action in one of his movies, it's beautiful. It is a thing to behold and worship. Unfortunately, most of his movies, he's got his characters just standing around. And especially in Ghost in the Shell, they're just standing there almost perfectly still talking monotonously. And it, it just, it's, it's, it is hard for me to care. Yeah, my, my wife doesn't care for Ghost in the Shell because of how long or how quiet and how much dialogue is, is done. Because um, now... Go ahead. She's a bit of a writer, so she's of that philosophy of show, don't tell. Whereas yeah. Ghost in the Shell was more about telling than than showing. Um, oh yeah, don't don't even give me the Scarlett Johansson crap. <laughs> don't even talk about that for you. Yeah. That that was an abomination. Complex, the series for Ghost in the Shell, the original standalone complex and second gig. Yep. That's about the perfect representation on screen of what Ghost in the Shell is. Um, it really bugs me when people talk about the original Ghost in the Shell and then start referring to the movie. The original Ghost in the Shell is a manga by Masamune Shiro, and that's it bugs me when people give Oshi the credit for it. Uh, as for the live action movie, it was it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. True. I mean. <laughs> Whoever designed the sets was a genius. Yep. Like visually, it was awesome. That movie, yeah, visually, it's amazing. Um, there's a lot of controversy about Scarlett Johansson playing the role of Major Kusanagi. I don't care about that, honestly. Uh, Major Kusanagi is a cyborg body. In the manga, she definitely was not Japanese, or at least her body wasn't. Uh, well, probably one or two of them were, but she had like 12 of them. Yep. Um, 
So I don't care that she wasn't played by a Japanese actress. That that doesn't bother me in the slightest. There should have been more Asians in the movie, seeing as it took place in Tokyo. Uh, but overall, I mean, I knew what they were trying to do with the movie, and I thought the I thought the representations were pretty good. Um. So yeah, it's not the greatest thing. It's not the worst thing. Right. But visually, it's gorgeous. So my second choice of uh, an anime would be Akira. Yeah. Um, granted, it definitely borders the line of supernatural. Um, just because you know, <laughs> a body can't triple its size with no 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 matter to to consume and create it whole super the whole sonic aspect uh yeah it definitely borders the line uh of cyberpunk and yes i i i will say that it might not be truly considered cyberpunk um but another one and i think and again this is another borderline between cyberpunk and mecca right it would be pat labor um yeah, that's that's my, that's my favorite Oshi property is 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 Pat Labor. Uh, um, Pat Labor. It, it just it was it it was a really good franchise. Yeah, and I don't consider it Mecca. I know there was Mecca in it, but often often the the Mecca plays more of a central role. Uh, when it comes to mecha movies, you know, versus what those were was kind of a, a side. Yeah, they thing, treated you know? uh, they treated their mecha, they treated their labors like uh, just like vehicles, like they yeah. would get in. It wasn't it wasn't the focus of the show. And, uh, and that's and that why made, I think it was more cyberpunk than 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 mecha, in my opinion. Yeah, it made it a lot more palatable. So. Those are good, solid choices. Yeah. I try my um, best. I took... I saw Akira in the theater, and I loved it so much that I convinced my art class to go on a field trip, an after-school field trip with me to go see it. Really? Yeah. Um, including the teacher. Uh, we actually... Art club was, was an interesting year for me. Not only did we go see Akira, we... Uh, Saw Allegro Non Tropo and an animation festival that was the first time. Like it's it, that this animation festival that toured the country is the was the first time that Ren and Stimpy appeared. Really, and that was its claim to fame. Yeah, but Akira. Yeah, it, it's good stuff. It's just uh, I would have personally preferred Akira if they just stuck to the biker gangs in the future city. <laughs> and. Had it just be about that instead of bringing in the the uh, psionic stuff. But that's me. Um, yeah. And again, you know, some of the stuff we've suggested throughout the show, you definitely want to see. Um, make your own opinions, and you definitely can disagree with any of our options. Uh, but all of those are definitely have some grain. Uh, of goodness that you can leverage into your own cyberpunk uh, games. Yeah, even 
you know, even some of the worst cyberpunk movies out there, Furious George in the comments uh, mentioned the Mar- Super Mario Brothers movie. There's stuff, it is a cyberpunk movie, you're right, and there's stuff in there that, you know, you can crib for your game. Uh, the feel of the streets in that movie was pretty, it was pretty solid. It was a good, solid representation of a dystopic future. Um, the movie is garbage. It is, it is such hot garbage that I can't really recommend anyone wasting their life watching it. Um, but another video game movie from the 90s was uh, Double Dragon, and it was pretty cyberpunk. Um, it's it's not a good movie. What movies would I suggest that feature Nomads Capricious? Well, I mean, other than the Mad Max series, you've got Wheels of Fire. That's a favorite. Uh You've got Battle Truck. You've got Damnation Alley. Would you consider that Damnation? I, the, the Glass Road campaign that I ran, uh, that I'm basing the side the the source book off of, was heavily heavily influenced by Damnation Alley. In fact, I used that as a selling point for my players. Like, if you've seen Damnation Alley, it's going to be kind of like that. Uh, there's a movie called Neon City. Um, it's it's another low budget Mad Max ripoff, uh, but that's kind of what my current campaign is based off of. Which it basically just follows this bus that takes people back and forth from major metropolises across the wasteland, uh, and that's what my current Nomad campaign that I'm running is based off of. Kind of that in an episode of oh shit, what's the name of the show? Um, Defiance. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of good Nomad stuff. I mean, uh, Book of Eli, that was a, that was pretty good stuff. Tank uh, Girl. Tank Girl is always, always, uh, I love Lori Petty so much. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, even, even the more, like, deeply disturbing movies, like, like the road uh it's it's good inspiration for a nomad game um the uh the motorcycle diaries that was a good one uh yeah turbo kids fantastic like for a movie that came out of nowhere um yeah yeah, Lee's Gym uh, is definitely a, a cyberpunk movie. I don't know if it, I would consider it a nomad movie. Yeah, Elysium's good. It's it's. I wouldn't consider it a nomad movie per se. Uh, I would consider it a combat zone movie. Um, Yeah, there's a there's a huge huge list of Mad Max ripoff movies that I deeply deeply love. Some of them I can't actually like recommend people to watch. Um, like I'm not gonna tell anybody to watch, you know, uh, Bronx Warriors or anything like that, um, or Prototype X29. Like, good God, these movies are horrible. But there's stuff you can grab from them. Like, give anything a chance, really. Um, yeah. 
What do you got? Uh, for no mana, I think I said uh, Tank Girl was definitely one. Oh, yeah. Uh, Damnation Alley. What other nomads were there? Um, I mean, like, Cyborg kind of was, right? That was the, the yeah, Rucker Yeah, it definitely Howard. was. Um, that was... Albert Pune introducing the world to Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yep. The, um, actually, Cyborg 2 is one is of the it? better cyberpunk movies out there, um, which introduced the world to a very young Angelina Jolie. Yeah, so there was Cyborg, and I always get them confused. So, so there's Cyborg, and there was Omega Doom. Um, Omega Doom, Rucker Hauer. Those were the two I, I always get confused with. Um, but both of them kind of are like, you know, out in the wastelands type of movies. Uh, Cherry 2000. Oh my God, yeah. That's that's both Cyberpunk and Mad Max at the same time. Plus a good look at both Solos, Nomads, and Corporates. And it's one of the many movies on my list that start, that have, uh, that feature Tim Thomerson. Um. Yep. Um, so I, speaking of Elysium, right? So to me, Elysium, you definitely could make a cyberpunk red, right? So it's a collapse of the world. Now, granted, you might have to change some of the, the, the canon, but yeah, turning, turning space into the Eden, right? Is definitely a great way of, of doing it because that's how like, uh, was it um, Hardwire, right? Yeah. Is based off of, and, and there's a bunch of various novels where, you know, space is with the place to go. And speaking of space, if you want to see a good kind of cyberpunkish, you know, kind of border, oh, one of those borderlines is Outland with uh, Sean Connery. Um, yeah. That's... Him playing a cop. Uh, <laughs> it's the best outer space cyberpunk thing there was up until Expanse. Yeah, again, Expanse is one of those. I, I I'm one of the guys Expanse who. Is, it, it, you're right. That, it goes too far. You know, Aliens is just that that line, and yeah, Psionics yeah. is is kind of this weird gray area as well. When you're when you're debating what what is a cyberpunk versus what is sci-fi or, or supernatural um there are cyberpunk elements but um it's it's hard. yeah it's, yeah. it's like, like first aliens. season I mean, yes cyberpunk alien, uh, elements but it's not actually a cyberpunk movie yeah first season of the expanse definitely was um but yeah the other ones I, i'm not the one that got into future future ones where that started becoming more alien. Um, that's kind of where it was like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, season four just did not do it for me. Season five kind of got back on track. Um, actually, season four or season five really got back on track for him, but season four was a slog to get through. Um,
Neuromancer. I mean, space was a part of it. I wouldn't say it was a big part of it. Uh, it was mostly just like a background in the setting. Um, they didn't really focus on 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 the space aspect. Well, at the end, when, when Chase was um, infiltrate infiltrating the station, right, and getting to the AI. Sure, but again, like I, it wasn't. I don't know. It's been a while since I read Neuromancer, but I don't remember other than it just happening to take place in space, uh, space being really all that much of a focus for it. But it's been a while. It's been a while since I read Neuromancer. I know that's blasphemy, but... Uh, yeah. It is what it uh, is. Um, yeah, Belt, Bellflower, uh, I, have, I have not heard of that. You, you've... You've intrigued me. I'll have to check that out, uh, Furious. Um, there's a movie called uh, Avalon. Not the not the not the Mamoru Oshii uh, Asian film. There's a, there's a Western movie called Avalon, which is ridiculously cyberpunk. Um, it deserves a mention because nobody's ever heard of it. Uh I don't know why I brought that up. Um, yeah, I, I can literally I, I could keep going all all day about cyberpunk and post apocalypse and uh, and what other things to to watch. Yeah, movies based on that nature. I will say what we haven't covered so far is comic books, and I'm only bringing it up because uh, so far Cyberpunk 2077 has had uh, several comic book series either uh, come out or be on the verge of coming out. Uh, the original, like, the, the first one was Trauma Team, which was a miniseries, and then um, they followed that up with uh, a, a comic book called Where's Johnny? There was, if you bought the Rockstar Energy Drinks, there were some comics you could get off of that. Um, there was a. They also have a comic that you got with a download of uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Yeah. Um. There was Big City Dreams. There's now uh, you have my word. Only one issue of that's been put out so far that I know of. They may be up to issue two. Uh, I don't know. I'm sadly out of touch. Uh. But in addition to that, there are just a ton of cyberpunk comics, including the greatest of all time, Transmetropolitan, um, which is the number one uh, representation of a cyberpunk media that there could possibly exist. It's basically cyberpunk Hunter S. Thompson. Um, if that doesn't sell it for you, we have no starting point for conversation. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't gotten into too many comics when it came to cyberpunk. I know um, Hard Boiled uh, was Hardboiled, Frank one Miller, and Jeff Darrow. That um, I think I've only read, but I'll definitely check out the uh, Transmetropolitan. Um, yeah, Transmetropolitan, the Appleseed manga. Uh, well, trying to keep manga, it yeah. 
like manga I got the you know most of uh, Shiro's uh, manga um, yeah also like uh, and I know it's now a, a serious psychopaths um, yeah that's pretty good stuff and uh, for me manga there was a late 80s manga called Xenon Heavy Metal Warrior that and Appleseed that and Appleseed are probably the two biggest uh, manga like this is why I like cyberpunk reasons out there um, influences that's the word I was looking for in my idiotic brain um, and there's also a, an American artist named Adam Warren who put out uh, several different Dirty Pair series. Uh, I still classify them as manga because really he's the only Western artist out there that truly gets what manga is. Uh, he hasn't put out a Dirty Pair series since the early 2000s. He does his own series called Imp powered now which is he's got a bondage fetish but uh yeah his dirty pair was phenomenal um a lot of people are gonna disagree with me on that i don't care uh there was also a mini series based on the steve jackson property uh car wars which was called car warriors big stretch there uh that was put out by epic comics in the 90s the early 90s that if you can find it it's pure win it's only four issues long but it's, it's good stuff yeah i actually got into car wars when it first came out in those little box sets um, yeah those little... box sets were cool <laughs> And just unfolding the map and trying to like lay it flat so you could have the card cardboards on it was uh mm -hmm. it was always a pain in the ass. But I also got what was it? They hit man, Car Wars. Yeah, I was I was big into that back in the eighties. Didn't have too many players to um, play with. On the nomad aspect. Uh, there was a series by Tim Truman called uh, Scout and Scout War Shaman um, that is just it's amazing. You need to check it out. It's its late 80s. Uh, it, is, it is your Mad Max post-apocalypse vibe. It's got some cyberpunk stuff in there too. Like um, I, I would recommend it highly. What was uh, that again? Uh, Scout and Scout War Shaman by Timothy Truman. They were put out by Eclipse Books. I guess... I, I, I think they fell afterwards under the Dark Horse imprint when Dark Horse swallowed up Eclipse but I don't recall ever seeing Dark Horse do anything with the property. Now Tim Truman is supposedly he's going to put out like a follow-up to it. I, I don't know if they ever got published or anything or anything like that. I've never seen them in any of the stores, but uh, I would highly recommend that. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, there was another um, kind of graphic novel that Frank Miller did, which was called Ronin. Um, That's good stuff. Which was uh, if you like, if you like Samurai Jack, like Samurai Jack basically ripped off Ronin one hundred percent, like that. Every yeah. Um, it was before Frank Miller lost his mind too. Uh, <laughs> I think Frank Miller never had a mind. <laughs> I mean, he started out crazy. brilliant, but uh, he sometime in the late 90s, early 2000s, he just, like, whatever grasp of reality he had, I don't know, nine nine one one fucked up Frank Miller. That's what I'll say. Uh from what I understand, he has like started to swing back towards normalcy now. Finally, um, I, I'm not really sure. I still love Sin City, uh, but the dude's definitely got problems with women, and he should probably see some 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 professional help about that. <laughs> uh, brilliant writer, problems with women. Yeah. Um, I did not mean to step on your toes with that. <laughs> no just, uh, worries. Love the art, not the artist, right? Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> there was a... Uh, in the early 2000s, or, there was a, uh image put out these two series where they tried to... Like, the art was horrible. But the coloring was fantastic. The coloring, they were called, uh, the, the series were called Dark Minds, and then there was a follow-up called Neon City. And Neon City was basically like the Akira motorcycle gangs. It was just a comic about them, and that's all it was about. Uh, and the art, I like the dude who was doing it. Um, oh, his name was something Lee, and he wasn't related to Jim Lee. He was just common common last name uh patley patley was his name and he had like his whole family and his whole like this whole group of friends who worked under him as part of the image imprint but uh dark minds and neon city were ridiculously cyberpunk and the coloring process they used looked like anime literally looked like animation cells it was it was gorgeous to look at even even though the anatomy that these, these guys had poor, poor grasp of anatomy and big kind of pepper, everything, but their backgrounds, their technical stuff, that was all fine. That was all beautiful. So I would recommend taking a look at those. Uh, Vertigo comics put out a series called 2020 visions, which is, uh, it's a 12-issue miniseries broken up into three-issue arcs, four three-issue arcs. Um, it is mud, It is not an action comic book at all. It is a very much a uh, thinking man's version of cyberpunk. Uh, I mean, the first three-issue arc uh, had art by Frank Quietly, and uh, it basically follows this old dude who's a porn collector in a time where there's this plague going on. Uh, 
I recommend it. Go read it. All right. I'm, I'm starting to go off on my – in my head, I'm going off on these long rants, <laughs> and I'm trying to stop myself from doing that here. Well, Phil was great. Anything – yeah, Phil was fantastic. Um, anything Warren Ellis is going to be fantastic. I don't care about the controversy. Uh, as a writer, the dude is my favorite of all time. Um Video games? Sure, I'll do video games. Uh, my number one pick for cyberpunk video games, besides Cyberpunk 2077, is a Sega CD game um, called Snatcher. Uh, it, it, it was Blade Runner, the video game, before there was a Blade Runner, the video game. Um, like the gameplay wasn't the greatest, but the story was epic. And, uh, yeah, it's really early Hideo could, uh, help me out here. What's the, what's the guy's name who did Metal Gear so Kojima? I don't know the, the, Hideo Kojima. it's, uh, it's really early Hideo Kojima after the original Metal Gear, but I think before any of the sequels, or at least before Metal Gear Solid came out, um, and Snatcher itself had a video had a sequel called Police Knots, which actually gets mentioned and talked about in Metal Gear Solid. Uh, but yeah, it is it is good stuff. And yeah, Furious Beneath the Steel Sky was pretty good. Um, I the only cyberpunk games besides cyberpunk 2077 for me were um, Deus Ex and the old Shadowrun game. I uh, I very much enjoy the Deus Ex series. Um, I'm not a big fan of. I, I mean, same. It had the same problem cyberpunk did in that it locked you to first person. Not a fan of that. Uh, but you know, it's, they're gorgeous games. Um, I never got to play, uh, the Shadowrun games. Um, I didn't, I don't know why they just never, I never got a, um, got the opportunity. Um, I know there's a, a new generation of the cyber or Shadowrun games that I've yet to play, which I think is in third person. Um, who is it? Uh, Airbrand Screams, I think, yeah. produced them. They're not on PlayStation, so oh. I'm afraid I <laughs> don't mind. get to experience. Yeah. Um, let's see. I mean, I consider... I've spoken about it many times, but for me, Grand Theft Auto is a cyberpunk game. Or at least it gives me the same feeling I get when I'm playing Cyberpunk. Uh, the open world, the vehicles, uh, it just—it's—it's—it's it's not Cyberpunk, but it's as close as I could get for years. Um, there really aren't that many great Cyberpunk video games. It's it, there's—it's a real missed opportunity in my eyes. Uh, that there aren't more. 
Um, there are games that have cyberpunk elements to them. Um, but there is a serious lack of actual cyberpunk video games out there. Well, I think the genre really hasn't gone completely mainstream. I know the Matrix kind of pushed it a little, but I don't think it's still, even to this day, is really fully mainstream. Because I think there's there's a lot of a lot of starts and stops with the genre. Um, yeah. You know, like Matrix, awesome. Tried to put out a video game, not so awesome. You um, know, I, I love the video games. Uh, I didn't get to play Matrix online, but the the console game that they pushed out, I, I enjoyed it. Um, it followed the movies a little too close, but yeah. for me, the problem is, is I don't really consider the Matrix to be all that cyberpunk in the first place. Um, I have. Not, I just don't. Um, so, Furious George, I have not played uh, System Shock. I've seen it. Oh, I I'm interested in it. I just never got around to playing it. Um, just one of those things. Like, <laughs> my problem was 2003. Uh, I became a wowhead, and when it came to computer games, so. <laughs> That kind of like derailed any of my computer game uh, intake as my wife was uh, <laughs> already kind of annoyed with what I uh, was already spending so much time on that game with. Oh, so, yeah. But yeah, I definitely have missed quite a lot of the video game scene. Um, I mean, back in the 90s, you know, it was one of those things where I needed the best always updating my systems to get the latest graphics so I could play, you know, the latest gen games. Um, so, yeah. Kind of got derailed after that. There were... Uh, Hard resets. I've not even heard of that one. I need to look for that. Um, there are a lot of, like, independent cyberpunk games coming out. Uh, with like weird, uh, kind of weird premises. Like there's a, I don't remember the name of, but there's a bartending game that's cyberpunk that's out there. There's another one where you drive a taxi, like a, basically an a, an aerodyne taxi. You're flying around in a car, picking people up. Um, I mean, they're interesting. They're definitely independent games with like really low budgets. Uh, if you, a lot of them, there's a, a lot of side scroller or isometric games that are out there that, uh, are, are getting put out that are cyberpunk games. Um, I, I can't bring myself to play a side scroller or an isometric game, no matter how much I may want to. I just, I grew up on that stuff. And as soon as 3d graphics became available, that's, that's what I like. Um, I can't. I can't. It, it's like going into a retro arcade. It's fun for me for about twenty minutes to go back and play those old games, but my home system is is so much better, and the games that are out now are are better. I just I can't bring myself to play a side scroller. I just can't. It it hurts me. 
Yeah, um, I can't remember the last time I played a side scroller was probably on my Atari 5600. If that's dating myself. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's dating yourself pretty hard. Um, yeah. it's, it hasn't been that long for me. Um, I want to say the last time I even watched someone play a side scroller is my brother played uh, Castlevania Symphony of Night. And I liked watching him play that. Um, I, I even at that point, though, even the early days of PlayStation, I couldn't bring myself to play any side scrollers any longer, but I could watch them still. Uh, yeah, nowadays I, I can't do it. Um, there's a. Like there's a couple that I've got and yeah, I've got observer. It's, it's interesting. Um, it's, it's very slow. Uh, I picked that up just because of the Rutger Hauer influence. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know how much more we can be rambling. Um, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I can I can keep rambling about this stuff forever, but it's going to stop being interesting pretty quick. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the rub. It is. Um, yeah. So again, I, I loving all th all this uh, suggestions of these games. I'm writing most of them down. Going to check some of them out. Um, but yeah, when when you're working with cyberpunk. And, and coming up with your with your ideas and your adventure or even your characters you know there is a well of of stuff that you can pull um oh yeah and when you're playing the game do not feel do not feel ashamed that you're completely ripping off something um yeah and, there is inspiration everywhere yeah literally <laughs> And my suggestion is if you are going to s steal something for your players, so if you're a referee, make sure that it's kind of obscure, that your group probably has never heard of the stuff you're going about to rip off. Um, so that way it's kind of a, a surprise for them. Um, and believe it or not, they will think you are a mad genius uh, with ideas um because i had a, a gm once that ran us through this great campaign and i was like man your your imagination is amazing how do you come up with all this stuff <laughs> and at the end of the campaign he's like yeah i totally ripped it off of the you know this movie and this series and these books and I'm like i've never read Absolutely. or heard of those things he's like yeah i know that's why you guys enjoyed it so much um so yeah yeah i mean find something that you dig find a premise find a scene find even a moment it, it just like a moment can inspire uh and make it your own like that's what every that's what every artist every writer in history has done is is they get inspired by something and make it their own and uh, it's no different when we are running games. Um, I, I, I steal plot points liberally from everywhere I look. Uh, 
and then I make them my own. Yeah. I, 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 I take these pieces from this puzzle over here, take these pieces from this puzzle over here, and I make my own puzzle with it. Um, and hopefully it's something the players enjoy. Hopefully it's something that if I put it up on the website that uh, people can use. Yeah, and you actually converted some of the the uh, anime and manga stuff for like Appleseed and um, Ghost in the Shell on your site. I, I did Appleseed and just general Shiro stuff, like tech stuff. Um, and I did uh, like I converted all the vehicles from a, a an obscure anime called uh, Cyber Formula, which is just race cars. Race car. Uh, the race car article was actually the very first thing one of the very first things i ever did Appleseed was number one and then race cars 2020 where i just li- like sat out the vehicles in cyberpunk terms uh for cyber formula which don't actually resemble anything from the show i just like the way the vehicles look uh yeah um the guy i took over the site from the original owner of data fortress 2020 uh paul minor did the ghost in the shell uh, the actual Ghost in the Shell source book. Um, I just did the tech for it, uh, the guns and and whatnot. Um, and then somebody else, uh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. I could probably look. Um, did a uh, Dominion source book uh, for the site. Um, Um, hmm. yeah i keep on forgetting like you know back in the day when uh sites were getting created it was kind of a kind of like an article that people would actually um reach out to the webmaster and contribute to a site um i think with my site it never really got anyone to contribute um, so it was kind of like my own foray into coming up with things. With uh, Data Fortress, when Paul Miner was running it, when I first got uh, first got into it, um, I just hit him up out of nowhere and was all like, "Look, I like your site. Can you use this stuff?" And he agreed to it. And uh, I just kept throwing, I, I kept puking shit at him. Um, I think I think when I puked up uh, Autumn Blade, that was the last straw for me. He's like, "Look, you can just take the site, <laughs> take it off my hands." Um, Paul Miner was a good guy. Uh, I hope he's doing well. I haven't talked to him in a couple of decades now. Um, yeah. I know real life got the best of him uh, early on. I think uh, I think originally Data Fortress was just like a college experiment for him. Um, but yeah. Thank you, Paul. I I owe you I owe you Data Fortress twenty twenty. Um, so just throwing that out there on a public um, public acknowledgement. So, what novels do you consider cyberpunk? And I think Furious George is asking outside of um, Neuromancer and uh, Do Androids Dream? So uh, I'll, I can give you a couple of ones that I've read. Um, a lot of Bruce Sterling stuff. Um, Isles in the Net, Artificial Kid. Uh, those are two books that I really liked from uh, Bruce. Um, 
There's also Walter John Williams, right? He did uh, Hardwired. Hardwired. Which, which was A, a supplement to Cyberpunk 2013, and B, he actually playtested Cyberpunk back in the day. Um, oh, yeah. And um, another one was a book called Market Forces, and I don't remember the author. Let me do a quick... But basically, that book was kind of more of a corporate environment in which how you got ahead was by killing your boss, <laughs> um, which was a, a pretty good novel that, I, that I've uncovered. Uh, let's see. Richard Morgan, Futures for Sale. Science fiction novel. Yeah. Yeah. Set in 2049. I like uh, I like Effinger. Um, when gravity fails uh, again, it got turned into a source book uh, by Effinger. It's I, since I started like one of the very when I first started running Cyberpunk, uh, like an early background music choice was the Dune soundtrack. So when I discovered um Effinger it really kind of meshed with that uh like I I'd already had an interest in the Middle East and the two of those things together um just really appealed to me it was also another popular uh album choice was the uh Peter Gabriel's Passion the soundtrack for the Last Temptation of Christ Hello. Hey, I'm here. <laughs> okay. Sorry, everything got real quiet. I thought I'd been disconnected. I got I got worried. Just let um, you talk, man. Uh, let's see. Pat Cadigan Sinners. That's that's a good one. Uh, I liked that one. Uh, Snow Crash. That's. It's hard to go wrong with Snow Crash. Um, there is another novel, um, and I had to look it up by this guy, uh, William C. Uh, Dietz, or Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, called Bodyguard. Um, hmm. It's kind of sci-fi-ish, but it was, it was kind of cyberpunkish. Um, the one thing I liked about the main character was, uh, so he had neural implants that kind of were bad neural implants. So every once in a while, he would like glitch uh, and start spouting out nonsense, which I always loved as a concept for a character. That that sounds pretty good. I like the idea. Yeah, I read it long ago. I. I don't think it was like a big seller, but uh, and it's not called the bodyguard. It's just called bodyguard. Hmm. I have to check that out. Um, Stephen Barnes uh, put out a, a series of books about a character named Aubrey Knight. I think the first one was called Gorgon Child. Uh, I forget what the follow-ups were, but I enjoyed those books. They they were pretty fun. 
Um, I actually know the first book was called Street Lethal. The second one was called uh, Gorgon Child. I I forget what the what the third one was. I don't know that I ever. Yeah. Hmm. And of course, pretty much uh, my actual favorite cyberpunk book, I think, is uh, A Scanner Darkly by Philip K. Dick. Yeah. A lot of what uh, Philip K. Dick did uh, was cyberpunk. Because you had the oh, yeah. Minority Report that came out of that, um, Paycheck. Recall. Recall. Paycheck. Um. Of course, Blade Runner. I yep. mean, everybody points to Gibson, but for me, for my money, if you want the real godfather of cyberpunk, it's Philip K. Dick. Yeah. Um, uh, he just wrote all his stuff before the before Bethke coined the term. And if we're talking about novels, our Talsorian actually published two cyberpunk official. Well, cyberpunk we don't talk about those. We, no, don't do that. Oh, I never read Hollow Man. I did read Ravengers. And the first time I read it, I stopped after four or five chapters. <laughs> they're so, oh, they're so bad. I, I, I wanted, I, I got so excited when I came across them in the, in the bookstore. And I, oh, man. Yeah, like I, I, there's nobody on the planet that loves Cyberpunk 2020 more than I do. So when I tell you that, under no circumstances should you read these novels, please listen to me. They are they are painfully bad. Like you will hurt yourself reading them. Your brain, your eye will start twitching. Your like synapses will like start shutting down. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> And, and it's not that they're bad because they're not representing the game world. No, they're just bad. They kind of aren't, <laughs> in a way. Um, or at least if that's the game world, it's not the game world that uh, the majority of uh, cyberpunk people I've played with um, see it as. I, I never read Hollow Man, so I don't know anything about it. I I think it's about a netrunner, um, but Ravengers is about a gutterpunk solo um, that basically gets a big job, kind of, to do some work, which really is him going across the country from Night City. And honestly, I, I could never get to the end of the book. <laughs> no, it's um, there's uh, the Ravengers. Is about two netrunners named Bite Boy and Bite Girl. Oh, Hollow Man, you mean? Ravengers? Yeah. Uh, one of the other. I do. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. Don't don't make me relieve these <laughs> memories. Just remember how, oh, oh, God awful they were. And I wanted to love them so bad. I, I honestly, I think, I think how bad these novels were is why 
nobody else ever got to write any novels for cyberpunk yeah because there were people i there had to have been people just lining up around the block to try and submit stuff to them uh because this was this was the 90s like shadow run had just tons of books warhammer tons of books D &D, Uh, tons of books jesus fucking christ all, uh, the, all the games had, and that was kind of like how a like big moneymaker. Yeah, it was a big yeah, moneymaker. Every these, every game, game out there, hell, Vampire the Masquerade novels, like all the games, all the games that had reached any level of success, had their own novels. And then the, there come these two books by a guy named Stephen. Belias, who, as far as I know, never wrote anything else. Um, yeah, just avoid them at all, all costs. Steven, if you're out there listening, I apologize. Uh, I'm sure you put a lot of heart and soul into these books, but... Yeah, no, they're... I did not enjoy them at all. Or at least we hope you improved. <laughs> your skills as a writer i mean just ouch and i realize yeah yeah um yeah on the on the novel front that's where it goes uh there have been some short story compilations that i really dug uh whose names escape me because i buy those things like popcorn or at least i did uh when money was not so much of an issue for me um yeah yowzers so i just went to good good read to look at uh the ravengers three out of five star well 3.04 stars out of five with 23 ratings I think all 23 of those have got to be from Stephen Belias. Seth Skarskowski actually did one. As a huge fan of uh, Cyberpunk 2020 game universe, I enjoyed this book mostly because I was already familiar with the world. As a standalone book, without having read many game supplements and playing games in the universe, it was okay. The next time we talk to Seth, we're bringing that up. <laughs> this is, he wrote this back in 2014. Wow. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe Seth saw something in him I didn't see. I just... Uh, or I saw. Seth's a good guy. <laughs> yeah. Because um, I did not... But see. I, I can't in any consciousness recommend these books for any reason. Unless you're just a completist who has to own everything Cyberpunk 2020 then by all means add them to your collection they are not hard to, they are not expensive to get a hold of hollow man has a higher rating of 3.19 from goodreads holy shit amazon has five or four and a half stars <laughs> of course it's only got eight ratings damn um maybe we're wrong i don't know (laughs) i mean damn it i don't want to read these books again i'm Uh, gonna have to try it um 
Yeah, no, I don't get it. Anyway, that's a weird tangent. Uh, for the sake of my own sanity, we're going to switch subjects here. I, I, I have to. I, okay. I can't talk about these books any longer. So what's the new subject? Uh, I don't know. We talked movies. We talked books. We talked comics. We talked anime. We talked video games. What, what's left? Uh, other role-playing games? Sure. Um, top three non-Cyberpunk 2020 Cyberpunk role-playing games. My number was... Non-Cyberpunk 2020. Okay, yep. Uh, my number one is a weird one. It's a, it's a French role-playing game called Cops. Um, and I love it just for the art. Uh, I have... I, I have... I've got PDFs of, of the books. Uh, apparently in Europe, like role-playing games have a very limited run, I guess. I don't know. Um, like they put out a bunch of supplements and then disappear. Uh, I don't know the whole story behind it. So I'm just going with the art that I love. And it's some of the most cyberpunk badass art I've ever seen. Very consistent, uh, full color artwork. Uh, <laughs> I recommend it on that basis alone. Um, So for me, the closest other game that I felt really tied into cyberpunk and kind of it was an alternative history, which cyberpunk currently is, (laughs) uh, was Twilight 2000. Um, I love that, Twilight 2000 game, supplements. Uh, yeah, being a, a, you know, the world's basically <laughs> falling apart and you're just either trying to make it home or trying to eke out survival. Um, and it, it, it was just as lethal as, as Cyberpunk 2020, um, which, again, I, I, I kind of like those systems for whatever reason. My number two, well, I I love Twilight 2000, by the way. I I have, I bought all the, uh, it was weird because the gaming store I went to, um, I was able to get pretty much all the uh, supplemental material for it for dirt cheap, like used copies of it. Like we're talking like 50 cents a book. I don't know why they were selling so cheap because I thought they were brilliant. Heck, the, uh, the gun books and the vehicle books alone just provided hours of stimulus of stimulation and inspiration. Like I, I'm a big, f- I can imagine. Yeah. I, I, I buy any kind of splat book of like gear and guns that I can find. Um, I think my number two game though, for non cyberpunk 2020 cyberpunk games, uh, was paranoia. Um, Love you go game. into that, you go into that game with a sense of humor and it is always going to treat you well. Even just remember the computer loves you. Yes. And don't fuck with the computer. <laughs> don't, don't fuck with the computer. Do not commit treason. Uh, sedition is, is, is frowned upon. Take another pill. God, I love playing that game. <laughs> um, it is just so absurd. Um, in fact, there was a uh, a Cyberpunk 2020 paranoia 
like dual just yeah. like crossover source book called uh alice through the mirror shades which yeah it, it's it's worth a look i'm telling you yeah so i mean i hate to say it but shadow run um now granted i just i don't like i don't like my elves and my cyberpunk but no. i kind of um had to kind of play it with uh some of the guys i was playing with because there was one guy who was just he was not into um close to reality games i guess he wanted some type of fantasy element in the, in the games he played so that's kind of why yeah that's kind of why we had to uh that was the only way i was going to be able to play any type of like cyberpunk game at the time so yeah shadowrun um even though to me i i feel it ripped off cyberpunk 2020 um and just i mean bash D &D I and a lot of shadowrun books specifically so i could tran uh, like use them for cyberpunk 2020 uh beyond just the rigor black book and um what was the other one the street samurai catalog yeah but i mean some of the some of the some of the modules adventures campaigns whatever some of them are really good um, mercurial is top-notch stuff yeah um my number three is a toss-up uh cyberspace from ice was fantastic uh their supplements um like the death valley free prison uh the cyber pope cyber papacy whatever they call it it was like their cyber their their, their supplements they were top notch um i didn't care for the system very much but uh yeah i liberally stole stuff from it for my cyberpunk game. and cyberspace ties with a really obscure 90s game um called underground which it was a horrible system but the idea was novel it was like superheroes in a cyberpunk world with art by jeff darrow uh who did hard 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 boiled hard boiled sorry i just had a brain fart that like was physically painful um who did hard boiled with frank miller one of the greatest cyberpunk comics there ever was but underground had this amazing art um and it was really big for like a year and then nobody's ever heard of it since yeah, there was a lot of games back in the 90s that kind of like were like, you know, rocketed off and then just fell apart. Um, oh, that was Mayfair Games for Underground. Yes, it was. Are, are they still in business? <laughs> I don't think so. Um, yeah. I haven't seen anything come out of Mayfair since the 90s. Uh, Mayfair Games was an American publisher. They are the English language publisher rights to Settlers of Catan, so yeah, they're probably oh, still well, in business. Oh well, good for them. 
Yeah, no, that definitely would have made them some money. That is a popular game. Yeah, so my third um, game would have been Car Wars uh, with GURPS. Good choice. Um, because GURPS also brought in, and they had, a, I don't know if they had a strict cyberpunk supplement. I know they had Cthulhu Punk that I played. Oh, it was definitely a GURPS cyberpunk. I mean, yeah. it got raided by the FBI and everything. Yeah, but actually, yeah, that's right. You're right. I did. Yeah, like GURPS. <laughs> GURPS Cyberpunk was a big deal. Like it was I, I, really. I don't think I played it or ran it, but I do have the book for it. Um, but I did play, you know, Car Wars with GURPS. Yeah. So. Um. I I don't like the GURPS system. Um, as, as as fiddly as I am with Interlock Unlimited, GURPS GURPS takes the rule heavy aspect a little too far. Uh. I don't know. In the first place, they break down their rounds to one second a piece, and that just hurts my brain thinking about. Um, there was definitely a lot of crunch with GURPS. Not as bad as uh, the ice games, Iron Crown games. No. Um, Vampire Bites Carbon 2192. That was a, a game that just came out, I think. Um... I think I played that. So my current group that I'm that I'm running for, prior to me taking over and, and running Cyberpunk 2020, um, we had another GM who started off running Cyberpunk 2020, and then the pandemic hit, and then we kind of went online and we tried. I think Carbon 2192. Um, I did. The, we tried it. Uh, it was an alright system. The one thing I think I remember about that game was the economy was really crazy. Um, like, uh, like a phone would cost 5,000 credits or, or whatever you want. And, you know, a gun, guns were completely outrageous. Uh, expensive and your starting off cash was like maybe a couple hundred like credits but everything costs like you know multiple thousands of credits to buy which didn't didn't make sense um, you could rent a gun which was an interesting concept um, but I think that was the game I know there was two kind of similar games that just got published uh, trying to ride that wave of uh, carbon altered carbon yeah uh, I mean there's a lot of cyberpunk role playing games out there um, some are going to be better than others I actually uh, purchased this thing called um, I think it's over on my shelf right now cybernet o OGL cybernet which was basically a D20. Uh, I, I, I really D20. liked the source book for that. I, I didn't yeah. care for the rules, but yeah, I, I liked the, the book. They... The book was, it's definitely laid out nice and it has great graphics and some of the stuff in it is, is good. Um, other than being D20 <laughs> for Cyberpunk. Yeah, they put out a, uh, 
uh, an official like cybernet soundtrack that was pretty good. Um, I forget who who the artist was who put it out, but the music was good. Yes. It is it is good background music for your cyberpunk games. From Mongoose, you can actually still yeah. get it on uh, Drive Through RPG. Yeah, a guy named Stratos put it out. Yeah, again, I, I was looking at it because, you know, trying to get other players into Cyberpunk uh, is always a challenge. Um, yeah. I think back in the day it was a little easier because there was a lot more people wanting to learn different systems. And every system that was kind of published was not the same, right? Because it yeah. was very territorial. Um, but when World, you know, the D20 uh, went with the uh, open license, um, that kind of opened the door to basically clone that system into every type of genre. Yeah, between between D20 OGL and Savage Worlds. <laughs> Uh, there were just a glut of, of source books of every genre suddenly coming out from every fly-by-night publisher there was, and some of them were good, some of them were not. Um, but because they all use a unified rule system, uh, they all got a little bit more of a boost than they would have otherwise, and that's that's not a bad thing. I I, I like variety. Um Granted, I'm only ever going to play Cyberpunk 2020. <laughs> I, I will liberally, as I've said many times throughout this episode, I will liberally take from other games. Um, yeah, and that was... Even the, the, the strategy for me in buying that was trying to... Okay, everyone was into D&D 3rd &D Edition and that whole boom where, you know, all of all these other gamers were picking up different sources you know that was kind of the avenue of way players wanted they wanted just the same system whatever genre they did and that's why i picked it up um but again after reading it with the levels i'm like that's not cyberpunk i can't do this <laughs> so i actually never ran it yeah yeah like I said, some like the, the various degrees of quality, um, and some of them, like the quality, was in the art. Some of it was in the writing. Um, but there's something there. Yeah, even in the worst stuff, you can find something you can use uh, if you look carefully enough. Yeah. So we're about at the uh, two-hour mark. I don't know if you want to call it a. A show? Uh, you know, um, I don't know how. Well, much I, I said I could go on talking about this ramble. stuff forever. <laughs> right. At some point, it just turns into us rambling about nothing. Um, yeah, no, as good a place as any to to call it, I guess. Right. Uh, I have very much enjoyed doing this episode. Yeah, and uh, I appreciate everybody who was on the chat. Um, definitely, yeah, thank you for the feedback. Yeah, thank you everybody for being patient with us at the start. It's 
uh, every episode is a uh, learning experience for us and I don't do any of the work like all the all the good stuff that comes out of this is is from will um, he's the one who sets up the recording I just sit here and talk like an idiot so uh, will you are the man just just to throw out there that you get your props yeah, I try all right, man. We also like to uh, thank uh, Cyberpunk Uncensored, uh, Rob. Thank you for uh, resending the uh, Steam key so I could actually, or stream key, so I could actually uh, get this going for tonight. So um, definitely check his and stuff out and Discord and uh, his site. And again, as always, uh, Rob. Thanks for hosting us on Cyberpunk Uncensored. Yeah, um, we very much appreciate that. And check out my site at cybersmiley.net uh again i and published two little new apps to go check out uh check out my site at datafortress2020.com um i'm wisdom and i hope you guys have a great night thank you for joining thank you for listening thanks guys bye